Welcome, everyone, back to the broadcast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network, and I'm joined by Tracy Pearson. It's Groundhog Day. Tracy, how are you? It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's a little inside joke for me and Tracy here. Uh, yeah, we've done this. I've got this weird kind of deja vu all over again that we've done this before. Let's not take anyone behind the curtain. Because okay. hopefully they're not even listening to this version. We'll see. Yeah, that's true. That's um, true. We could just say anything because they're probably not listening to this. this I really version. hope this is the one we have to publish now. <laughs> um, so we're talking all kinds of things on this show. We talk about all sorts of stuff. Um, what? Who knows? Uh, but one exciting new development, Tracy, one very exciting new development is that Josh Gershon, um, magician, is that what he is? <laughs> <laughs> peered cool. into his crystal ball that wizard yeah. and uh and came out with a pick top 10 pick uh Pey- peyton watson uh number eight player in the country uh five star local small forward he picked uh ucla as his crystal ball pick i don't know the phrasing like what do you actually say for like he picked uh, his crystal uh, ball pick uh, or he envisioned uh. He, he got an image of Peyton Watson in his crystal ball, or he got an image of UCLA associated with, like, what are we looking at here? I got to write that all the time. Yeah. You know, and, and it's very awkward. You know, he put in a UCLA crystal ball four. I, there's nothing that really, I think we should. We're kind of four. verbing crystal ball then there. That's what I said. We should start, we should start using crystal ball. He crystal balled it. He crystal balled him. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, I should try it once, see how it goes over, right? I think it's right. I think, okay, so uh, let's say it right. Uh, Josh Gershon crystal balled Peyton Watson to UCLA. That's that's nice and clean. I like it. For me, yeah. Um, this is, uh, I, I, I trust Gershon with my life, actually. You know? Wait, why? <laughs> Just generally, um, he, okay. he's generally right about stuff, so I would you trust him with my life. On Josh Gershon, you're like, I mean, pff, come on, mountain of a man. Um, I'm just still picturing him in kind of in a magician's uniform, with yeah. like outfit from your first. Look, you're the one who's developing mental images about the guy now. <laughs> that's that's true. All right, um, well, I have I have pictures, so <laughs> I, I I know you do. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Hopefully Josh is not listening to this version either. But but Peyton Watson, uh, so this is uh, Josh Gerson, I think gave it his number seven, I think is on the classic one to ten. Is it a one to ten? Yeah, Yeah, that's Um, a new thing. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, but when when Gershon makes a pick, that's usually a pretty good sign that that's the heavy lean. Um, This would be very, very exciting stuff. Um, Yeah. this is kind of doing what UCLA should do, cleaning up the local five stars and also finding a replacement for Chris Smith, potentially. In so many ways. Um, you know, it's the kind of talent. It's 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 such a weird feeling right now, Dave, because we're so used to first them not getting these kind of players and then thinking if they would get Peyton Watson, then you kind of settle in this feeling yeah, I remember this feeling. This is how it should be. So there's that. Then if you start thinking about what Mick Cronin came to UCLA to do, he was coaching at Cincinnati, comes to UCLA, 
mainly because he can bring his good coaching to a program where he would get better talent consistently at UCLA than he would at Cincinnati. And, you know, this is delivering on, on that promise. This is the second five star he's gotten at UCLA. And I, I guess maybe we'll talk about the other one. Um, but it, it means that he's getting the kind of talent that he can take UCLA to the next level with, um, and, you know, what's really also interesting is when uh, Steve Alford used to get, you know, good talent, you would naturally kind of question, like, well, what's what's wrong with that kid? I mean, not what's wrong with him, but he has ul- ulterior motives. He, he just wants to come to UCLA for a year, showcase his skills, go to the NBA, and just take the easy way. They roll the balls out. It's really not that difficult, you know, playing under Steve Alford. Peyton Watson is takes on a whole new perspective of character and hard work because he wants to play for Mick Cronin. (laughs) He wants, he clearly wants to get better. Um, And he perceives Mick Cronin as a guy who can make him better. I mean, assuming he commits to UCLA. I'm, I'm getting way ahead of myself. Obviously, maybe I'm just too excited, but that crystal ball, you know, Gershon doesn't usually do those kind of things. Anything can happen, but that's a that's a very good sign. We've been hearing Peyton, uh, Peyton Watson was leaning towards UCLA anyway, so yeah, I, I'd have to think it's a very strong sign that he might commit. And with all the meaning that I just laid upon yeah. it, yeah. Well, and uh, you brought up the Alford thing, and I think that's kind of the note is when you look at the five stars that Alford landed, it was like, I mean, this isn't. UCLA recruiting in the modern era. Kavon Looney from Wisconsin, TJ Leaf from Indiana. Like, that's just, that's random weird stuff. Um, but McCronin, Dacian Nix, Peyton Watson. These are both guys. I mean, look, the Knicks thing didn't go well. And hopefully, you know, knock on wood, uh, Peyton Watson doesn't decide he's going to go G League at some point. But um, these two guys are, the, these are traditional UCLA five stars, you know, local, in region. Pick up the elite guys. You should be cleaning up on those dudes. If UCLA just does that, cherry pick those five stars from region every year, every other year, and then build with the program guys in the area, you can do that. You don't need to go to Milwaukee to get a guy. You don't need to go to Indiana to get a guy. Right, and the natural natural question would be, is Peyton Watson a G League select kind of candidate? Um, You know, that's – it's hard to project that that would be a year away the g league select is just (laughs) such a random thing right now who knows what that will be like in a year could be more developed could be gone who knows but if i had to project peyton watson has tremendous upside six seven wing but he's got a physically he's got a long way to go and maybe he gets there in a year but a lot of development a lot of his ranking is based on real pure upside that he shows but I would say if there's a top 15 guy that you would project him to be at least a one, a one-year guy, if not maybe two, and not a direct G League guy. So from that standpoint, if UCLA got him, another really good pickup. You're not because the G League select the Dacian next thing can really hurt you. And I know a lot of coaches are thinking about it now. Like, you know, is is this guy just going to go opt for the G League? But it's just like it was, remember, when the whole one-and-done thing was put in. 
so many coaches talked about, you know what, we might steer clear of those guys, and then they never did. They're all suckered into having to recruit him anyway. So yeah. he's a he's a good fit from that standpoint too. So if UCLA actually got him, like Josh Gershon is telling us it's going to happen, let's just lay it all on Josh. It's right? all on Josh. Everything okay. is on Josh. Okay. Uh, he is the wizard. Yeah, we don't know anything. It's just all Josh. So. He peers into his crystal ball. He divines uh, information, and we are all uh, subject to uh, his divination. He is divinity. Yep. Personified. <laughs> yeah. um, I think we just called him a god. In many ways, I think we called him a god uh, quite a bit here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, okay. There's other things we need to talk about, Tracy. That's true. Or we could just end it on that. But no, there are other things. Um, the football there were, season. There's yeah. a there's there's that thing that they're still thinking about. They're still kicking it around. Uh, That's exactly what they're doing. They're they're kicking around various ideas. And they here's the most significant thing from what came out yesterday. The story I wrote. Uh, they just basically punted it down the road. That's what they did. They they were saying they were going to make a de- decision by the end of July on whether they were going to play a season or not, and they are not doing that now. They are keeping all hope until the very end. And just this was a move to put the season back a couple of more weeks to give them more time for very you know the Pac-12 to overcome the COVID-19 situation. That's that's what this is. Um, uh, I did hear defi- not a little bit more assuredly that UCLA would be playing Washington as his added game. Uh, and uh, someone on the forum and has been brought up before. In this situation, it's 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 kind of counterproductive, maybe that you're trying to fit into the season, but you're adding a game too, um, making it a little bit more difficult on yourself to finish a season, I, I guess, but. From what I've heard, after losing the revenue from the three non-conference, they wanted to try to fit in a, another game where they could make some money, and that's where that motivation is from. Pretty much the bottom line, it's a lot of desperation right now well, is what's happening. That's the way you've got to think about it, because I do think it makes sense to go to a 10-game schedule, because the only way this season even happens is if the pandemic is in a significantly better situation by September. And if it is in a significantly better situation by September, you might be able to fit in those 10 games. I don't think there's a scenario where you're like only skipping a couple. I think the reality yeah. is it's either going to be the full thing in September or nothing. And then you go to I spring. I think that's your, your – I think there's a lot of people that are far more in between. That are thinking that uh, I know. I'm just we, I'm just yeah. speaking the truth. Those people okay. are speaking their hopes and dreams. What good does the truth do, <laughs> <laughs> Dave? Have you learned nothing during your thirty-five, thirty-five years of life? Well, I think it's the same thing that we've been talking about though for a couple of months because we started talking about the happy crappy that was spewing out of UCLA as well as like variety of Pac-12 institutions. Uh, in May and June, where they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to try to do a full season. And that went to crap because of the ongoing situation in the country. And so they're starting to do that again, and they're talking up all these scenarios, and I think it's right. I think the scenario they've landed on is the right one, which is try to do it in the fall, and if you can try to do it in the fall, you obviously can't move around those non-conference games as easily as you can move around conference, but you might be able to add a conference game 
And the situation where you actually play is a situation where things are much better because we just saw them having to cancel non-conference because situation outside of their control was not better. Um, and I think that's going to still be the operating issue. Um, and so if the ongoing situation is better, then it allows them to play as many games as they want starting in September. Um, I, I also think this is motivated a little bit by, um, and I don't know who they who they is. <laughs> if it's the Pac-12, if it's the presidents, if it's the CEOs, if it's, the NCA, even though the NCA really can't dictate to college football a lot of things, but that uh, postponing the season until spring is something they're getting a lot of pushback on. Uh, a lot of programs are just saying, well, we don't want to play a season without all of our potential pro players, which let's just say – the NFL decided, okay, hey, you know what? We're going to accommodate y'all. We're going to we're going to put back the NFL draft. I really do believe at least Pac-12 would say, okay, great. You know what? <laughs> we're canceling. We're postponing the fall season for spring. Right. Um, I, I think that's a lot. The motivation behind this is is so much pushback from various programs and various people to not play in spring. So they're trying to. <laughs> They're trying to hold out as long as possible to make it happen in fall. I think there's a lot of that going around with a variety of different institutions from schools on up where it's they're trying to show people that they're trying their best. I think there I think there's a lot of worry about PR hits, and I think it's somewhat justifiable um, that they're trying to show people who are more on the like, come on, can we just get on with this uh, side of things that they're trying hard to make this work? And it's not hurting anybody to still try right now. Um, so yeah, that's true. What the heck? Um, well, assuming nobody gets ill or hurt. I mean, obviously, <laughs> a lot of different things can happen that could hurt people. But as of now, it's not. There's no demonstrable harm being committed by them still attempting to get this thing going. Um, you're t- you're talking in weird kind of uh, double entendre. Do you know that? I'm just constant. It's constant. It must be days. on your brain, yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of cool. You yeah, should keep going. It's great. Yeah. It's great. Um, I think with all the camp, so I don't know if you just saw, but Washington State also announced they're going virtual to start the year. I think the only school that has announced definitively opposite that is Arizona, which said they're going to go in-person partially, remote partially, kind of a hybrid model. I think Utah might have done the same. Uh, but for the most part, the Pac-12 is going remote in some form or fashion academically, which doesn't necessarily preclude football on a pure logistical standpoint and a pure logistical way, it might actually make it easier. The problem that again, I think is not getting addressed is liability because if you're asking football players, and this is something that came up already, but it's like we are having collective amnesia about it. If you already had this issue where players started to say, Hey, what the hell? Um, you're going to have that again. If no other students are required to be on campus, except football players. Um, where they're going to be like, hey, do we have extra liability here? Um, you know, and I think that's the kind of thing where it's not something that they're really dealing with on a on a organizational level yet, um, but that's going to rear its ugly head again if they're asked to report back to campus, but nobody else is. Yeah. Um, when I first saw that Cal was had decided to go entirely online to start their semester, 
uh, I made a few calls and I was reassured that it, a lot of people actually did see that and were a little panicked and said, oh, that's the end. But uh, enough people of authority have reassured that um, they will have special circumstances if they do decide to play fall sports. Now, whether, like you said, those special circumstances include some kind of special liability um that that's going to get very complicated. You'd have to think, though, like you said, that adds an emphasis to that the football players are, are taking an extra risk compared to any other common undergrad yeah. in playing football and that the universities will have to do something yeah, to compensate it, somehow. And it's going to be on an individual school basis because there's no way there's going to be a just a blanket policy for that. Um, yeah. So it's we're it's still in very strange circumstances. There's still a lot that's going to need to happen there. Um, but I, I honestly, like all of that aside, I liked the plan. I liked what they showed. I liked what they developed. Um, I think it makes sense from a flexibility standpoint. And they haven't really announced it yet. It's just been kind of kicked around. Um, it was me and John Wilner. Yeah, I said I said the 26th. He said the 19th. And and I think both are probably true. I think there are some school some programs that might start on the 19th. You know, like some started on August 29th and some started, yeah, same kind of thing. Um, And all of this, I had, I had put, you know, I released a post that was kind of cryptic on the forum that there were some setbacks in the UCLA program. And and that is true. And I'm not going to elaborate anymore because I can't, but I've heard it's very similar to other setbacks around the league. Um, So that's why more time. (laughs) <laughs> is needed to be able to adapt to these kind of setbacks, know what to do with them. Uh, they're, the more time they have, the more they'll be able to come up with policy that might that might help. Uh, as of right now, I think I said uh, fall camp would start August 28th. It's 29, 29 days from from the first game. So that gives you know over a month. When, as opposed to the original start of fall camp, was July 31st. So almost a whole month to be able to maybe get this down a little bit better and and adapt to some things that happen, um, which are bound to happen. Because once again, just remember, these are college students. And no matter how much you emphasize, you need to go back to your dorm and not see anyone and quarantine yourself. It's just not going to happen. No, a hundred percent not going to happen. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, while I know everyone is frustrated with this, everyone wants to play. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I find it like really interesting. The fact that the high school season CIF Southern section set theirs back to January and all of the ramifications of, well, just for high school recruits, for college coaches and recruiting, all, I mean, there are so many different things that just your, your top of your head just blows off. I mean, this is California where there won't be a football game starting August 29th like there was previously. So not until January. But there are other states that are going ahead with their, with their fall season, Utah, Colorado. 
as soon as the dead period is lifted, which is the end of August, even though I've heard it might go through the end of September, UCLA coaches, you know, starting in, when is it usually? November. September, November. I can't remember. When they're able to go out to games and watch players in their high school games, UCLA coaches will be able to go to Colorado and Utah. Uh, they'll be able to go to any state that they're playing their fall football schedule. I I mean, I don't see the issue of standing on the sideline, social distanced from everyone on a field at night, wind blowing, wearing a mask, and being able to be there. Um, so many more things that just keep coming up. Like, well, that UCLA's recruiting efforts has really been based on they need to see the guy in person. It's why they haven't offered that many guys and have only offered three guys in the 2022 class because they didn't get to see them in spring. Um, if they go out to other states, they see guys more often uh, in other states. Will that, will that lead to them offering more out-of-state players, which might hurt UCLA because, you know, it's always more difficult to recruit out-of-state players. And then will California players go play in Utah and Colorado to be able to play? There are plenty of guys who are really good, who have tons of offers, but they're also the guys who needed that senior season to emerge and, and garner some some scholarship offers. And then that's not even talking about the juniors to be. Um, so it just kind of boggles the mind, everything. And if you talk to college coaches, they're, they're just, they're flabbergasted on what to do. Uh, football and basketball coaches just... Yeah, I mean, we don't. We have no idea what we're going to do. This is what we think we'll be able to do. You know, they're they're picking out states where they think they might be able to go see players play their fall seasons, but that could get shut down. Basketball coaches are thinking about what live streaming they're going to be watching. It's 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 crazy town. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be wild. I think for football. This whole Zoom thing seems to be working out well for them. So maybe they just keep that going even when you can get back to in-person recruiting. Really interesting, and we talked all about this, and I I pulled in all of our recruiting experts in the West about why UCLA is doing so well. And it might just be it, it levels the playing field. Like, you know, some kid goes and unofficially visits Oklahoma and he's knocked out by the Oklahoma football presence on campus and – when you don't get that through Zoom and you see all of UCLA's resources, everything's kind of even. And then the kid wants to stay home and stay close to home. So, uh, yeah, maybe this would be better to have this keep going for UCLA recruiting. Maybe it's just distracting from two losing seasons. Kids have other things on their minds. Or, I don't know, it's been an interesting phenomenon that UCLA recruiting has, has done this well. I, it's a combination of a lot of things. They got a, they got some offensive linemen because some of the 2021 offensive linemen are looking and seeing opportunity on a depth chart because they haven't gotten some guys in the last couple of years. So it's a combination of, of very, very many things. And if we're talking about football recruiting, there was a little bit of movement that was interesting. UCLA offered Deacon Hill, the four-star quarterback from Santa Barbara, mm -hmm. um, who was verbally committed to Wisconsin. Uh, UCLA was interested in Hill last summer. He came to their camp. Uh, You've been Chip advocating Kelly, for them to offer him for many moons. 
we have um uh, man i have a lot to talk about <laughs> when it comes to this when it came between him and miller moss i i liked miller moss he has a, a really pretty throwing motion but when i saw miller in person he's about 6'1 he doesn't have a great body he's not greatly athletic to me it seemed like he might be a guy who could struggle on the next level decent arm strength not a great arm um then on the other hand you had Deacon Hill was far more raw, but had a cannon for an arm, 6'4". He was actually up to about 245, but he lost 20 pounds. Didn't have a great body, but he's getting better. I always, I, I mean, I always kind of liked Deacon Hill just as much as Miller Moss, at least, probably with more upside. Uh, so when they got, you know, when they offered all those guys out of their, out of their camp and having seen them at different camps last summer... And they didn't offer Deacon Hill. He took an unofficial visit to Wisconsin. I think it was literally in June or July last year and verbally committed. Uh, the other thing you have to – he has three sisters who have played water polo, or I think one is playing water polo. I think she's coming in as a freshman. Now, here's something you're going to love. His eldest sister is uh, a coach at UCLA water polo. I'm not sure which sister. I think it might be her is <laughs> so we, you know how the long-running joke was sam ty mm-hmm. uh the ex-ucla defensive yeah, related everybody he's related to everybody uh deacon hill is is actually going to be related to sam ty because sam ty is marrying deacon hill's wife <laughs> uh sorry deacon hill's sister it'd be weird if he was marrying his wife well you know you know i, I wouldn't look down on it um, well, I mean, a high school junior sister. being married would be kind of, you know, yeah. that'd be different. Something yeah. new. But, you know, no judgment. Yeah. Um, marrying his sister. So this is absolutely true. When he put up a tweet that said UCLA offered me, he had one of Xavier Suofilo, a picture, and a picture of Sam Tai, which is fantastic. So, But not Sam long- Tai's cousin. Sam Tai's potential brother-in-law. Right. I but mean, close enough. That, that That's counts. sort of a cousin. Yeah, that counts. Yeah. Um, so very interesting to see what happens with Deacon Hill. Does he stay committed to Wisconsin? Wisconsin the last few years has had early commitments from quarterbacks and then had to really fight off other programs. So they're going to have to do it again. I don't know. I have, there are some sources that have said he's, you know, Wisconsin's done a good job of recruiting him, and then other sources have said he'll ultimately flip. So that's going to be really fun to watch. I think the real key to it is whether it continues to be a Zoom recruitment. If it does, then you've got to like UCLA's chances. Yeah, yeah. And then that class, that two-quarterback class of him and uh, Kajia Holloway, makes for, I think, a really good quarterback class. You've got the dual threat in Holloway, uh, who also the two strongest arms on the West Coast among quarterbacks are both of those guys. Yeah. Uh, Halloween's a little bit more raw. You would say that Hill might have a little bit more, more polish on the ball, but he's more of a pro style. So it gives you so many different options at quarterback between those two guys. And again, yeah, whatever the, the new offense is um, in whatever, 2021, 2022, they'll have some options potentially. I was wondering if we could get through a whole. But I'm just saying, you know, Chip Chip might want to change offenses, right? Yeah, there you go. That's, That's what I was going for there. 
I, you know, Halloween would work in the blur. He would. <laughs> Does anyone run that anymore? <laughs> there are there are programs that do. But anyway, a really good development, I think. We'll see how this we'll see how this pans out. I, I'm interested just to watch Deacon Hill's Twitter page. If you haven't seen it, it's it's pretty much like a you know a dedication to Wisconsin. You know, so we'll we'll see. I would think if he flips, he's just going to have to take it all down in one day and commit. He can't take down the stuff and then leave it like that for a while. No, right? you, you can't do the, like, I'm sitting on it for a while. I think you just got to pull it off like a Band-Aid. Yeah, I think that's it. It's a Band-Aid approach. Yeah, yeah. So so that was, I, I, I think, a really interesting development. What do you think? Dave? I think it's a very interesting development. Uh, we'll see if they can do it. Um, I think in the course of the pandemic, I think maybe wants to be a little bit closer to home maybe that could end up playing a factor who knows um but yeah i uh it's a very good development hopefully it uh bears some fruit for fruit. ucla fruit yes fruit fruit we love fruit here on the on the, <laughs> on the broadcast so yeah that's that was a lot that happened since our last broadcast um and, and pretty exciting stuff beyond the football season. Um, but, yeah, um, I don't know why. I keep wanting to talk more about basketball. I get it. It's more um, fun right if now. If Chris Smith comes back, I mean, we've talked about this, but I don't think they'd even just challenge for the Pac-12. I think they'd challenge nationally. They'd be a threat nationally. Am I just overinflating that in my mind because I haven't had anything else to think about? No, I think that's right. I mean, I, I we were thinking that with Knicks, obviously, um, but I think even without Knicks, it really, I mean, a lot rests on Tiger Campbell and his ability to stay healthy, uh, but if he's healthy and he plays the way he did at the end of the year and maybe has his legs under him a little bit better so he's not shooting like 5% from the field, um, yeah, that team could do it. I mean, they could make, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's like a definitive surefire like top five team, but top 15? Yeah. And would, and would have, I mean, if you think about it from the standpoint that you'd have a senior in Chris Smith who, he would be that guy who would be potentially averaging 20 plus a game. Yeah. Right? And then his, you have, his three stroke was starting to get there. Like, he might yep. get that up to 38, 39%. Right. Then you have Ty, Tiger Campbell, who was a redshirt freshman his first year they had played college basketball, along with Jaime Yaquez, um, along with Jake Kyman. Jalen Hill. All, Jalen Hill, all those guys are going to be uh, Cody Riley. <laughs> there were some games they relied on him in the second, and then Johnny Juzang, yeah. who should only is a year ahead of where he should be. Well, and I'd be remiss uh, if I didn't mention, since we do write for uh, David Singleton Report Online, David yes. Singleton. And you'd have to. I don't think it's that big of a stretch to think Jules Bernard might be we, improved. We, we so. are in love with this basketball roster. We are. We are over the moon. For this I, basketball I just think team. they're young guys who will have a lot of growth. Yeah. Jaime Yaquez is going to be an all Pac-12 player sometime during his career at UCLA. Yeah, and it's just a matter of time. Yeah. Um. So uh, that's all really exciting. It's got the makings. It's got the makings of a ver- of what you could see as a very good season. And then, in the off chance they do get Peyton Watson the next year. And they they really they lose Chris Smith and 
they don't lose anyone else. Uh, let's say maybe Jalen Hill leaves. I could see him leaving a year early because he's graduated and he's getting tired of having to go to class, but they kind of don't lose anyone. So, dang, I don't know. I, I, I'd I really like to see Tiger Campbell as a point guard, as a redshirt junior with playing alongside a Johnny Juzang as a junior and Jaime Yaquez as a junior, Jake Kyman as a junior, Jules Bernard, Singleton are seniors. Peyton Watson, if he if he comes to UCLA as a freshman, and there's Jalen Clark, who would be wow. I'm I'll just sorry. I'll just say it. I'll just say it, Tracy. The only thing that could have possibly slowed down this steamroller was a worldwide pandemic. That's it. Otherwise, <laughs> they would have probably stacked a Pac-12 title in March, made it to a Sweet 16. It would have been. It would have just been fully gangbusters. Like, and yeah. we'd be just gassing them up the entire way forward. Now they get to fly a little bit under the radar, and they get to come back yeah. and, and, oh, wow, Mick Cronin, he's got those guys going. Now, I think it's going to yeah. be, if and whenever they play again, uh, whether it starts in November or starts in the spring or whatever, even if it has to wait till next year, um, I love this roster. I think it's going to be a lot what, of fun to watch. This is what I want to say to all the bros, too. You can hear a difference in our voices when we talk about the basketball program compared to the football program, and I, I apologize for that. But why? Wait, why? Why? Because I mean, people are. We're I'm using our eyeballs and I'm talking getting, about I'm the getting, things we see. Right. I'm getting to this. That all of those uh, football is more popular than college basketball. I hate to break that to you, but all you UCLA football fans. You're probably you. Most fans are both football and basketball, but there are some who are football. You all got to get behind the basketball program right now. If you want a little joy and fun and happiness, get behind the UCLA basketball program. I'm not saying abandon the football program. Dave is. I'm saying I would I'm never. Saying, I, no, no, no. I was thinking about this recently because my first game as a student, like the first game I watched as a student was the worst abomination of football I think I've ever seen. It was UCLA beating Illinois 6-3 to at the Rose Bowl. And if that didn't stop me from watching the following 17 years of just almost, almost like uninterrupted crap, nothing is at this point. Like, I'll watch, I'll watch Chip Kelly go winless like four straight years, and I'll watch every game, every minute of every game. It's just... It, you know what's so great about you as a UCLA football fan, which is... So I know you pretty well. I've talked with you about various subject matter. And you are, I think you're a pretty balanced guy, pretty relatively, people might argue with me, but a pretty objective guy that looks at everything from all different perspectives. But you're just kind of a giddy little child when it comes to UCLA yeah, football. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hope springs it's, eternal in the human heart. Oh, my God. It's uh -huh. so funny. You yeah. went from six and three to then predicting a national championship like two years later. <laughs> I just, I just love, I just love Dave. Twelve and zero, baby. Yeah, God. Yeah. It's like, is this where, since you have to be really logical and reasonable, and everything else, is this where you dump all of your kind of, you know, pendulum swinging emotion? But it only, it only goes for like a month. And then I have to get back to just, like, hating everything uh, because yeah, it's UCLA see, football after the season begins. But in the preamble, in the lead-up, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dave, I'm not even saying that you get 
really overly optimistic. I'm saying you're a pen, you you swing like a pendulum. With oh yeah. Football. Then then you start hating them. Yeah yeah oh 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 yes yes a hundred percent a hundred percent. Not in anything else, right? In everything else, you're a reasonable human being that takes in data and spits out logical conclusions. But with I, UCLA, and you and you, I got to tell you, you mask it really well. I think you write very objective, logical. But inside, there's that little pendulum swinging Dave, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I just love that. That's yeah, just, that's I there. don't know why it gives me joy. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Okay. Yeah. I think there was even a point last year, like in the middle of that garbage season, where I was like, after they beat Colorado, I think, I was like, hey, maybe they could do this. <laughs> I love that about you. I love that you are truly, you're truly a fan. You're a fan. Yeah. Yeah. Even though you can write and think so, like I said, so systematic and and objective about it, you're just you're fighting off that fan inside. Get away! Get down! Not Come really, on. not really fighting it off anymore. Okay. Just kind of, you know, embracing it. Sort of like it, the the Hulk becoming like Bruce Banner slash the Hulk in that yeah. last Avengers movie. You know, doing yeah. them both at the same time. It, and your football version is far more pendulum swinging tragic than your basketball. No, version, basketball, right? basketball. I am much more inclined to just be like full gung ho. Like Alford really oh, okay. test. Alford, no, Alford really tested me because it was so terrible to watch after a little while, and so I just kind of lost interest. I never lose interest in football. It's either like full. Oh wow, they're terrible or they're great, uh, but it's never like disinterest. Like I'm always like, oh wow. But Alford was so awful that I just kind of was like, ah, I watch these games, but man, this is this is a, this is just tough. Um, right. So you will watch bad UCLA football like watching a car. Oh, so I will. Watch, I will be riveted, riveted. Yeah. Bad UCLA basketball. It's like, ugh, because I really, really want basketball to be good, and so it's like, eh, this is. This isn't even, this is not fun. Not a fun experience. Um, but when they're good, I'm like, oh, yeah. No, they can do no wrong. Mick Cronin, he's a god. Golden god. Don't be a fan later of UCLA basketball. I'm not a fan later of anybody. I'm telling everyone out there. Don't be a fan do. later. Yeah. Okay. Or be a fan later, but also. A fan now. Be a fan now. I like it. I like it. Love it. Want some more of it. All right. Well, that was fun. Tracy, you have anything else? You got anything else? No. No, I I did just about everything I could possibly do. Yeah, and a little bit more. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Well, for Tracy Pearson, I'm David Woods. Bruno Port Online, uh, that was my daughter, Berkeley, in the background. Um, And uh, we'll talk to you again next time. Everybody, stay safe.